welcome to the Impact Church Podcast. Today we're starting a new series. It's Are We There Yet? And you know, have you ever been in that place? Are we there yet? Are we there yet in a relationship? Am I there yet in my savings? Am I there yet in a destination? Am I there yet? You really don't know if you're there yet unless you know where there is. So let's talk about where we're going, where the church is going, where are you going? Let's talk about that today. Let's talk about where. Come on, join us. Are we there yet? And so we're talking about are we there yet? And we're going to start just going through the book of Acts and talking about this journey uh, of the church, the birth of the church and the union. Uh, of the body of Christ and how God ministered in and through them and what's that all about. So we're going to talk about are we there yet. So the first thing, before you can know where there is, you got to know where there is. Before you know if you're there, you got to know where it is so that you know that you're there because you knew where. You know what I mean? So where, because what's interesting about it, you don't know if you're there unless you know where there is. Right? I thought it was also interesting that the there and where also are here. There's a here and a there and a where. So you start here to go there, but you need to know where if you're going to go there. True. Okay, good. Hey, now that's uh, Walt Disney World right there. Anybody? You been to Disney? Been to like the Florida Disney? So good, eh? So much fun. Every time I go to Orlando, though, it's changing all the time. The roads are changing, construction, and the way I used to go, that's not the way you go anymore, and it's just become very, very difficult going around Disney, but we drove all the way down to Disney, and when we got there, we knew that we were there because that was where we were trying to go. So we knew we were there because that was where, when we left, that was our goal was to get to Disney. So when we got there, we knew where we were because, anyways, it's the most magical place on earth. That's not true, though. Because if you were here this morning, this is the most magical place on earth. Like, man, I tell you, I don't know about you, but I had a miracle today. I, I had three or four miracles today. God, just God was so present in the house. I'm still vibrating. Anybody else vibrating? Just like, you just get a buzz on. You're trying to stand up. You go, whoa, isn't it good? I, he touched me. Oh, he touched me. And oh, the joy that floods my soul. Something happened. Something happened. I had to add the because I was stepping into my Pentecostal roots there. Something happened. Tell you know, but if you go to church and nothing happens, I don't know if you're really there because that's where you were going is... Anyways, I went there, and we went to the Magical Kingdom, took my kids there, and one time we were there, and I don't know about you, but I love buffets. I haven't been to any buffets in a long time since the COVID, but I don't know if I'll go to a buffet again after the COVID, but anyway, I love buffets. I'm hoping I will do buffets again, because the Bible says to buffet your body daily, so I, I, I took that seriously, amen? So... I saw this little ad for a pizza buffet, and back then it was like, you know, my kids were very young, and we didn't have cell phones or GPS or, or Garmin or anything like that back then, but I thought I could figure out where this all-you-can-eat pizza place was, right? So I'm like, yes, and it was like something like six bucks or something, all-you-can-eat pizza. Who doesn't think that's a deal, right? So this was a long time ago, back when six bucks was six bucks, you know? Back when for six bucks you could get ten coffees at Starbucks, but now you can't get a coffee for ten bucks at Starbucks. Anyway, so I'm looking for this place, right? So I'm looking for this place. And we're driving in the car, and I kid you not, we're at least an hour and a half running around, and uh, I don't know, I cannot find this place. And I thought, I don't know, what, you know, this road used to be that road, it used to lead to this, now this. And I kid you not, it had to be about an hour and a half. Isn't it true, Cheryl? 
And Cheryl was like, uh, me and my deal with my belly really frustrates her sometimes because like, she says, you and food have this weird connection. And so we're on this journey trying to somehow find a pizza place where Carl can satisfy his unnatural cravings. Anyways, so I finally said, you know what? Let's just go to this place, Cheryl, finally. And it was, you could have cut the, the, the tension in the car, you could have cut it with a chainsaw, maybe. It was just like tense, you know. And I turned around and said, all right, we're going to do here. It was quiet. Then all of a sudden, my son, well, he probably was seven or eight. It wasn't that much. He goes, wow. And I was just beginning to enjoy the ride. <laughs> and we all just, all four of us just spontaneously lost it because, uh, Wow. Dad's going there, but he doesn't know where there is, so here we are, and it was a funny, it was funny at the time, but you, you ever been in that place where you're going, and you can't find, you, you want to go there, but you don't know where there is, and it can be a frustrating journey, and then you get everybody going, are we there yet? How many feel a little bit like that, being a part of this congregation? Uh, oops. <laughs> It was a trick question. I know that. I love doing that. Your hand's up already, and you're going, oh, ah, ah. Wow, that was a lot of exercise right there. That's good for the day. So, but, uh, you know, and, and being a part of this congregation, I mean, we've been going somewhere for probably three or four years, and we're just like, are we there yet? I don't know about you, but I mean, I put my head in the pillow every day. And uh, God's been working on me a lot. So if it's God working on me, please say, Pastor, hurry up. We're sick of it. All right, Las Vegas. Woo! I've been there. I took a picture right there. Got Las Vegas. You know, you know you're there because you're there. You take a picture at that sign. It's so cool. Cheryl and I went to Las Vegas. We went to Las Vegas to see stuff. We drove. It was only about 90 minutes away to the Hoover Dam. And we went uh, to the, you can go uh, into the edge of Arizona. You can go to the, uh, what do you call that place? The Grand Canyon. We went and did a bunch of things. And we were driving, seeing all kinds of stuff. And we were coming back to Trump. Towers, Trump Hotel in, in Las Vegas. We were coming back, going in. The funny thing is we'd be going in at 9 or 10 o'clock every night, going in to go to bed, and everybody, we'd get in the elevator, and they're all coming out just getting ready to go. And I said, man, we are in the wrong spot. <laughs> all these people, they sleep all day, party all night. We're out sightseeing all day. And Anyway, we, Vegas, Vegas. Bob Marley, Mike was playing some Bob Marley riffs today, but Bob Marley said, if you don't start somewhere, you're not going to get nowhere. I want you to know that here is in somewhere, and here is in nowhere. But you know, wherever it is, it all starts here. Uh, T.B. Joshua said, a man of purpose focuses on his destination, not a situation. Don't let your situation mislead you. I thought that was really powerful. Don't let your situation mislead you. Because sometimes on your way to a destination, your situation can't just be annoying, but sometimes your situation can mislead you. It can lie to you. It can suck you in. It can sidetrack you. It can mess everything up. But don't let it mislead you. Acts chapter 1, and I'm going to read from 1 through to 8. I don't have it all on the screen, but I'm going to start at chapter 1, verse 8. One, it says, the former account I made, O Theophilus. Now, this is Luke. This is Luke the doctor. He traveled with Paul. He wasn't one of the 12 disciples. He was a doctor who somebody added later on. But he did write the book of Luke, and he wrote 
Acts. And in Luke, he wrote to Theophilus. And in Acts, he's writing to Theophilus. Now, Theophilus means beloved of God or someone that is loved by God. So he is writing to the lovers of God. He might have been writing to a real individual, but he might have been writing to all those who love God. I want you to know some things. And he said, I wrote to you. He said, uh, I want you to know, Theophilus, I wrote you all that Jesus began both to do and teach. I wrote to you all that until the day in which he was taken up. And he, through the Holy Spirit, had given commandments to the apostles whom he had chosen, to whom he had presented himself alive after his suffering by many infallible proofs being seen by them during 40 days and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. Jesus is resurrected. He's teaching his followers. They're going to take the mandate for which he came. He's giving them responsibility to take his mission and fill the earth with it. He's got 40 days to teach them and minister to them after the resurrection. What did he focus on? What did he talk about? The kingdom of God. So important that we've got a strong revelation of the kingdom of God. He taught them about the kingdom of God. Verse 4, and being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait. Say wait. Next week we're going to talk about wait for the promise. Wait for the promise of the Father, which he said you have heard from me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days from now. Therefore, when he had come to them, he said... Uh, therefore, when Jesus had come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? Now, straight up, the question they're asking is, are we there yet? After all of this teaching, after all this experience, I mean, your death, your burial, your resurrection, I mean, that was a mind-blowing weekend. And now you're arisen, and now you taught us for 40 days. Is this it? Are we there yet? Are we going to do the stuff now? Are you going to take over the world? Are we going to start to do it? Are you going to be the king of kings and lord of glory? Are you going to take over Israel and kick out the Romans? Are we there yet? That's what they're asking. They're asking, are we there yet? Is it at this time that you're going to restore the kingdom? Look what he says. Are you going to restore the kingdom to Israel? Listen to that question. Are you going to restore the kingdom to Israel? He taught them about the kingdom of God, and their conclusion even then was, are you going to restore the kingdom to Israel? Israel. And he said to them, it is not for you to know the times or the seasons. Father has set in his own authority, but you, but you, but you shall receive power. You shall receive dunamis. You shall receive the dynamite of God. You shall receive the third person, the Holy Ghost, his anointing, his power, the very power that raised Christ from the dead is going to flood you and fill you. You shall receive power. When the Holy Spirit has come upon you, semicolon, now, if any of you are into grammar, you understand punctuation. Semicolon means the thought is complete. A lot of people think the power and witnessing are connected. They're not. You are going to witness, but you will receive power. You will receive power. Are you going to witness? Yes, but the power wasn't just a witness. You're going to receive divine unction to function in every aspect of your life. It's not the power of the Holy Ghost just to witness. It's the power of God is going to fill you and flood you and saturate you from head to toe. You shall receive power when the Holy Ghost comes upon you and you will be my witnesses. That word witnesses is martos, which means you're going to be my martyrs. You're going to go there and you're going to lay your lives down for the cause. 
You shall receive power, and you're going to go to Jerusalem and to Judea and to Samaria and to the ends of the earth, 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 earth. Because he lifted off, he just... And you shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and to the other parts of the earth. Anyways, you know. And then they're all like. And then an angel had to come and say, move along now. That's it. Go. They're like, is he gone? Yeah, he's gone. He'll come back just like he left, but he's gone. Now move on. Do what he told you to do. And they were like, like, is this a part of the show or what's going on? <laughs> Interesting group of people, really good stuff. John Calvin, 1600s John Calvin, he said this. There are many errors in this question as words. Now that's actually a joke from the 1600s. Not really good, is it? But he, said, he says that question that they asked, is it time yet? Like, are we there yet? Like, Jesus, are you now? Are you now going to restore the kingdom to Israel? And he said, that is just the wrong question. And here's a group of guys. I mean, Jesus breathed on them. They received the Holy Spirit. He opened their minds to understand the word. He personally, Jesus Christ himself, the one with all knowledge, all truth, the one who is himself, truth embodies truth, for 40 days taught them about the kingdom, and they're still like, are we there yet? And they really didn't get it. They asked the total wrong question. They didn't grasp the scope of the mission that they were being recruited to realize. They didn't understand. Do you understand the scope of the mission that we're engaged in? I mean, most of us are trying to add Jesus to our day just to overcome, you know, and bless our Cheerios. But do we understand what we've really been called to do in our day? Do you know who you are? You will never know if you're there yet if you don't know where it is that God's taking you to. And where it is isn't just a destination or a place physically. Where it is is also a destiny. It's a place that God has called you to as a person that you'll never know if you're there. You won't even know to pursue it if you don't know where it is. And these were, these were it. This was Jesus was entrusting the, the discipleship of the nations, the transformation of the cosmos. He was entrusting it to people who didn't understand. And right at the end, they're asking the wrong question. And so much of what's going on today, we are asking the wrong question. And we don't even know who we are. We're trying to change temporal situations when we've been called to shift things eternally. We're trying to fight things we can see when we've been given authority to bind the things we can't see and to cause the kingdom of God to come into expression and manifestation. They thought it was a national thing. They thought we Jews are awesome. Let's teach every Jew in the world how special we are. They thought it was ethnic. They thought it was something to do with just them as a people. But God, it was about every nation, every tribe, every single person. Every single person is significant and powerful and is called. And the scope of their calling, it's cosmic, it's global, it's eternal. What God has invited us into. It's not just in the affairs of this earth until the end of this earth. But we will forever and ever reign with him. Forever. Forever. 
And you're making eternal decisions today about the scope of your eternal position in Christ and reigning and ruling with him. And yet we are stuck chasing insignificant things and being distracted. The temporal instead of the eternal, the national instead of the global. Winston Churchill, I love Winston Churchill, but he said you will never reach your destination if you stop and throw stones at every dog that barks. There's a lot of people throwing stones at barking dogs right now. There's a lot of disruption, disunion, dysfunction, discommunication. There's a lot of nasty stuff going on everywhere. Wow. I've never seen such polarization in my life. But I've never seen such an opportunity to see the kingdom of God and the goodness of God prevail. Because it says, when darkness covers the earth and gross darkness the people... Arise and shine, for your light has come. And the glory of the Lord is gushing forth from within you. So don't worry about every single... Three questions are going to do really quickly. Can you say quickly, Pastor? All right, three questions. Where's church going? Where? Say where. Because we don't know. Are we there yet? We don't know if we're there yet if we don't know where it is. All right, so where is church going? Let me tell you where church is going. Acts 26, 19, therefore, King Agrippa, I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision. Paul had an absolute clear mandate of what God had called him to do. You need to have a clear mandate of what you were called to do. But Paul understood that he was given a revelation that had never been given before, and his revelation was the church. 1 Corinthians 9, 26, so I run straight to the goal with purpose in every step. I'm not a boxer who misses his punches. He was totally consumed with the purpose. Now to him, was able to establish you according to my gospel. You look up that word, that phrase, my gospel, and you see that Paul didn't preach a gospel. He preached Paul's gospel. He said, God will establish you according to my gospel. There is a gospel, and it's the gospel of the apostle Paul. It's the good news, the systematic doctrine of the apostle Paul. Therein is the good news. And he was so bold as to say, it's my gospel. And I'm telling you, it's my gospel. The gospel is powerful. The gospel is the power of God to change the world. And it was Paul's gospel, and it's my gospel. It's my gospel. And the preaching of Jesus Christ according to the revelation of the mystery. See, it's a mystery what's in my pocket. It's not a mystery anymore. There's nothing in my pocket. But it's a mystery if it's still in my pocket. Paul says it was a mystery in the old covenant. Nobody understood it. But now it's not a mystery because the revelation of mystery that was kept hidden since the world began. But now it is made manifest. And Paul understood that I've been given a mandate to bring together the revelation of the body of Christ. To bring together the church. To bring and equip the church. To bring them all into the maturity of their understanding under the headship of Christ. So that the church can be the church and the church can manifest the cosmic eternal mandate of filling the whole universe with the glory of God. Not just Canada, not just Israel, not just Saudi Arabia, but globally God wants to bring all things in heaven and in earth under his feet and we the church are dealing with an unseen and eternal calling that we, if we don't know where it is, we'll never know if we're there yet. The Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand till I make your enemies your footstool. The Lord shall send forth the rod of your strength out of Zion. God is going to manifest his power. He's going to manifest his wisdom. He's going to manifest his knowledge and understanding. He's going to express himself through the church. He has bound himself to that revelation. God will never bypass the church. If he did, the whole world would implode. And sadly, the church doesn't know who they are. And the agenda is being hijacked all over the place because the church should be manifesting the clarity of the revelation of the creator today. But it will be taken because we don't understand who we are. 
We think we're something I do every once in a while. I'll pluck the bucket and just, you know, pay the God bill. Do you know who you are? Do you know what God's called you to? It says, the rod will go forth out of Zion. You will rule in the midst of your enemies. Your people shall be, I love this. I've worn this one out in my Bible. Your people shall be volunteers. When will we have volunteers? Your people will volunteer in the day of your power. And the beauty of holiness from the womb of the morning, you will have the dew of your youth. People volunteer when they understand what church is really about. It's not something you show up, fill a pew, bark a few hymns, and listen to the little fat guy. Do you know who you are? Do you know why he's baptized you and fixed you into this community? Boy, boy, boy. Say cosmological. It's a cosmological destination. Where we're going is it's, it's to take over the cosmos. Ephesians 1, 9 and 10, he made known to us the mystery of his will according to his kind intention which was purposed in him with the view to an administration. Oh boy, soak in this stuff, soak in this stuff. There was a mystery, but now it's made clear. There is an administration of his eternal purpose. He has made known, it's oikonima, it's the eternal management, the household management. There is an administration that is suitable. God has created a suitable manifestation of his household, an expression of himself. There's a suitable vehicle, there's a suitable body that has been established to manifest the divine nature of Christ. It's suitable to the fullness of times. That is the summing up of all things in Christ, things in heavens and things on earth in him. The church is that suitable instrument, that suitable vehicle, that living organism that God himself has created to be the vehicle through which he will sum everything up. He will take every single issue in the cosmos and he'll subject it to the headship of Christ. And he's going to do that through the church. If you don't know that's your calling, if you don't know who you are, you'll never pursue it because you don't know your destiny. And you can get hijacked into a million different causes because you didn't know the purpose of the church. Ecclesiological. I might have made that word up. I don't know. Cosmological, but ecclesiological. Paul had those two prayers in those two chapters. And he said, to bring to light what is the administration of the mystery. See, the mystery that is unfolding, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. The mystery, all things brought under the hedge of Christ. The mystery of the church. What is it? The administration of the mystery, which for ages had been hidden. Uh, in God who created all things. So that now the manifold wisdom of God might now be made through the church to rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. You wanna talk to rulers and authorities in heavenly places, it's the church. The church is the vehicle God's called to do that. So we need to know a little bit about church. We need to know a little about the oikiomai. We need to know a little bit about the mystery that was hidden. We need to know about the revelation of the body of Christ. Jesus in John 13, this, is, this all began the Last Supper. All these chapters are one dinner. This was one dinner party that Jesus had. And here's how he began the dinner party. I'm about to tell you about your destiny. I'm about to tell you about a new covenant. I'm about to tell you what's going to happen this weekend. I'm about to tell you about a shift of how you pray, a shift of how you believe. I'm about to introduce a new covenant in my own blood. And at this meeting, the first thing Jesus did, so when he had washed their feet and taken his garments and sat down again, for I have given you an example that you should do as I have done to you. Most assuredly, I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor is he who is sent greater than the one who sent him. If you know these things, 
What do you need to know? You need to know that greatness is not achieved through some type of verbal gymnastics or some human conquest. Greatness is expressed and manifest when you know that you can serve because you know who you are and you can walk in humility and you can manifest understanding and you can wash the feet of people you don't understand. You know whose feet he washed that night? He washed the feet of Judas who he knew was going to betray him. Do we understand the value of servanthood? Do we understand and do we trust the instructions of Christ himself that the way to victory is to go low? The way to victory is to serve. The way to victory is unconditional love and acceptance. Do we understand? Are we, do we even trust that God knows what he's talking about? We choose all manner of other ways to try to accomplish the ends of God. And you may be absolutely right about what you believe you see should be done, but are we willing to trust God and his methodology? Will we achieve divine results only when we choose divine pathways and divine direction and divine understanding? Hey, hey. Servants looks like a lot of things though. Looks like a lot of things. Blessed are you if you do them. Blessed are you if you do them. That was just a little quickie on where the church is going because I got to go fast. My wife told me I had six minutes left. Oh, apparently I'm done. (laughs) I'm back. (laughs) My computer's been acting up. I had to buy a separate keyboard just to run my computer. I don't know what happened, but praise Jesus. I'll have to, I'll have to put in a request for a new one. <laughs> That's the church. I mean, wow, that was a lot of stuff, wasn't it? That was a lot of stuff right there. That was a big, big deal. Where's Impact Church going? Look at those people right there. These people matter to you, folks. Actually, it's me and Cheryl. Did you know that? I know I haven't changed a bit. Cheryl's a little different. but And Dylan hasn't changed much either. He's pretty much there. So, that was the first month we were here it was we had my son was born probably the first summer we were here because it was uh, my dad came down and we dedicated dylan to the lord dylan we've dedicated you to the lord that's why i wake you up on sunday mornings and drag you to church (laughs) we dedicated dylan in that little church right there we dedicated dylan to the lord that's that's 640 grosvenor 640 grosvenor street right here in london ontario we sold it to the Pentecostal Assemblies, and they're doing church there. Little church sat about 180, and we were filling the streets with cars. You had to come early for worship, and you came a half hour early and just put your hands up because we were so wall-to-wall with people that you had to put your hands up fast because if everybody got there and said, praise the Lord, you're like, <laughs> and we said, we got to move, we got to go. So we decided that we were very altruistic back then, and I felt God wanted to go to the, where the most suffering was, so we, we moved down here. And we moved down to the most depressed area of London, and, we wanted, and we've served this area, served it, and we're still kind of in it right now. But that's where we came. And it was a big, massive step to get there. Oh, my God. I tell you, it was a, it was a big step of faith because we were in trouble. The first month, we were in trouble. We had no money. I mean, we had no money, and we had to do a renovation. I had no money. And I mean, I, I mean I'd have, worst is, I'd have to get a job. Big deal. I don't mind. I'll get a job. Job probably pay me more than pastoring. So, I mean, I was like... It, and it was such a risk, such a, but we did it. God blessed us there, and thank God for what we did there. And that's us now. See, I haven't changed at all. Pretty awesome. But, you know, these people right here, we got another push in us. We got something really big in us. We got, we got something more to do for Jesus. 
you know, that, so, so that couple there, we, we want to go there. And so that's where we're going to go right there. That's, that's 1,200 commissioners. And that's not what the sign will look like. We actually painted it black. If you've been over there, you'll notice we painted it black. And we're going to, but if you've noticed it and you go close, you realize that all the pigeons, for whatever reason, sit across the top. And there's a little lady that comes in her van and throws seeds out to the pigeons. And they eat all the seeds. And then they fly right to the top of our sign. And they <laughs> deposit right on the black sign. I have to find that lady and find her another flock to feed. <laughs> but anyway, so anyways, that's where we're going. We're going to this community over there. It's in this community. It's there. But look at all that. Look at all those folks that need Jesus. I mean, oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. So, you know, after that, man, we're going to plant churches all over Ontario. We're working on, you know, southwestern Ontario. We're working on Elgin, Oxford, Norfolk. We church in Toronto. I was there last week preaching in Toronto. Pastor Tim just called me. He was not well. He was really, really not well. He says, Pastor, you got to come preach for me. I can't even pull a thought together, and he really couldn't, but he was totally healed. He's better now, but it's good to know that when you're in trouble, you can call a friend. So I was honored to go and minister to our church, and when I go there, it's us. It's not the guy from London. It's our pastor. It's Pastor Carl, and it's so awesome. We got Bobby and Cheryl in Nova Scotia. We're going to spread out. We're going to fill the country. I got two amens. The same three people every week, Stephen. Same three people. God bless the three of you. You know, Impact, a called out, transformed, authentic, generational, multicultural community of believers consumed with a mission of God's glory filling the earth, 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 earth. John 13, 34, love one another as I have loved you. It's a new commission. It's a new commandment. And I tell you, when people see real authentic love where a group loves unconditionally, accepts completely, forgives on purpose, and honors everyone, when they see that community, oh my goodness, we'll know that are we there yet. Now, that's us. We're going there. We're going to get there. We're going to get permits this week in Jesus' name. Walls are going up. Ductwork is going to be done. Electrical stuff. This week, next week, I'm going to show you pictures of a place that's beginning to be transformed. I mean it. In Jesus' name. I mean it. We're going to transition to the Christian high school for hopefully just a few months while we do this transition. Can I get an amen? Eight o'clock in the morning. I need all of you, all of you. Put your hand up if you're in the room. Yes, I need all of you to be there at 8 o'clock in the morning to pull wires, pull things, and make sure we can still do church at the Christian school. It's going to be a great big gymnasium. There's lots of room, so bring the people that are fearful of COVID. We'll get them a double mask and sit them in the corner. Amen. All right. Where are you going? Where's the church going? Where's impact going? Where are you going? You don't know where there is, and you can't get there if you don't know where. So where are you going? 1 Corinthians 12, 18. But now God has set the members each one of them in the body, just as he pleased. Again, please, use your hands. I'm asking you a question. Are you here today? God has set each one in the body as it pleases him. And that word set is to establish and to fix. God has fixed you in community. In him we live and move and have our being. He has set you. He has fixed you. You might wonder, what am I doing here today? Why did that person invite me? Why is that little man shouting at us? God's got a lot to do with it. I'm looking for a church. Should I come to yours? I don't know. Ask Jesus. Because he will set you in the body. Don't let me tell you where to go to church. Let Jesus tell you where to go to church because God has set each one in the body as he pleases. I get people, should I come to your church? 
Well, you know what? Our songs are good. The preaching is awesome. We're a lot of fun as a group of people. We understand who we are. We know what God's called us to do. But I don't know if you should be here. You better talk to Jesus. If you should be here, you better stay. If he hasn't called you here, then saddle up. Wow, that was scary. I just told everybody to get lost, right? (laughs) But you know what? I totally trust that. You know why I trust that? Because I trust you can hear from God. And there's a whole lot of people that are set in Impact Church. There's a whole lot of people in this nation that are waiting for the manifestation of what they've been desiring their whole lives. And there are all kinds of people that God has prepared to set them and fix them in this community. And he's going to do incredible things in and through us. And he can use you in the process. God sets people. Ephesians 4.16, from him, the whole body joined and held together by every supporting ligament grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. You are fixed. You are set. But you know what? It's only going to happen as each of us understand our calling, our setting, and we do what he's called us to do. Are you doing what he's called you to do? Are you functioning in the body of Christ as he has set you? First Peter 4.10, it says, as each one received a gift, or as each one, I love one translation, says, as each one has a shape, a spiritual gift, a heart, an attitude, a personality, experiences, each one has a shape, minister it to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. We want to help you find your setting, find your shape, and find your ministry in the body of Christ. Now, Zach ministered on destiny last week, and isn't it good when I go away and you can get some real good preaching for a change? But I was really good stuff, right? Talking about your destiny. I was like, I'm listening, I'm going, oof, oof, oof. I mean, you know, Caleb was a dog. But, you know, Caleb, a Kenizzite, chose to be an Israelite. He chose to place himself in the tribe of Judah. And the tribe of Judah saw giftings and callings in his life. And he became everything God wanted him to be because he settled in. And he chose a destiny. He went, hurf, hurf, Are there any Caleb's in the house today? Hurf, hurf, hurf. Give me my mountain. Is Caleb here today? I thought I saw Caleb. Caleb? That man's off his bean. You betcha. You betcha. Now give me this hill country. The Lord promised me and I will drive them out. Just as he... Stephen, I actually expected a lot more barking by now. I don't know. I give you permission. How many kind of got a chihuahua in there? How many got a Rottweiler? You choose right now. You got promises, you got destiny, and you got things spoken to you. And you know what? We want to serve that. I want to serve that. I'm mentoring people every week. I'm mentoring people in other cities. I'm bringing new people in that I'm mentoring all the time. I want you to fully realize the roof inside of you. I want to bring it out. I want you to bark. I want you to achieve your destiny. Release the hounds. Wow, yeah, well, thanks, Ray. Praise Jesus, you know. Are we there yet? I know where the church is headed. I know where Impact Church is headed. And I tell you, I'm committed to where you are headed in God. I'm committed to where I am headed. But I'm committed to the bark inside of you. There's something he's promised you, and I want you to realize it. I am absolutely committed to serve you and to serve the destiny of this community. And I love you, love you, love you. Hallelujah. All right.
Come on, stand up with me. It's not bad, Cheryl. I went five minutes over. Where is Cheryl? All right. Thank you, dear. Father, we love you. We bless you. And I pray, Father. I love this community. I tell you, it's, it's been hard. And these are the best, the very, very best. Because it's been a bit of a weird ride we've been on. And, and who saw some of the things coming? I have to honestly say I, I didn't anticipate. When I preached that first sermon in 2020, we were going to take over the world. Then a few months later, the church was locked down and we could only talk on video. It looked kind of weird. But I believe... I really believe when I think about what I wanted to do two years ago, it's more suited to take place today. What we're about to do is just, in, it's right on time. We're not ahead, we're not behind, but we are right on time. God's about to do something super duper powerful, really woof woof amongst us. And God, I am so grateful that you've called us and that we have eyes to see and ears to hear. And that we move and are directed by every preceding word from your voice. We just thank you for what you're saying today and how you're speaking. And we are absolutely committed to realize our destiny. We will seize our mountain with great joy. And we just thank you for it. I bless this house and everyone in it. I break off of them disappointment. I break off of them frustration. And I pray that they will be baptized in hope and holy passion right now in Jesus' name. Can all the believers pray? We're all praying right now. We're all praying. And, and you might be online. You're watching online as well. We're praying for you. Your believers online, you pray right now too. People are watching right now. People are going to watch tomorrow. They're going to watch three months from now. But you're watching today and God's speaking to you. And he's speaking to you in this house right now. You know, maybe you've never made a commitment to say, I want to be a part of the family of God. Or you're just not sure. I don't know. I think, I don't, I don't know. But you want to be absolutely sure that you have made a just a commitment said, yeah, Jesus, I choose you. You chose me and I accept you. I accept that you've accepted me and I thank you that my sins are forgiven. I'm healed and I'm set free. And if you've never done that, I want you to do it today. And in the house and even you at home, I want you right now. I'm going to count to three. And at three, if that's you, lift your hand because I'm going to pray with you. You ready? One, two, three. Boom, your hand all the way up. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right. You can put your hands down now, but we're all going to pray. And you online, we're going to pray. And if you're sitting by yourself and you're a believer, I don't care if you're alone in your house, pray with us right now. Declare it over your community. Declare it over your neighbors. You ready? Lord Jesus, I am grateful that I am forgiven, I am healed, and I am free. I declare that I am accepted by God. I am chosen by the Father. And I receive you, Jesus as my Lord and as my Savior. Thank you for forgiving me, for healing me, and for setting me free. I am a child of God. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, if you did that online, go to our all-access pass. There's a card you can push, fill it out. We want to know. We want to communicate with you because we want to support and disciple you on this journey. If you're in the house and you did that, somebody might come and talk to you. If you're in the house today and you need prayer, people are going to come up front and they're ready to pray for you. So there's prayer for you today. You don't have to leave with a burden. You don't have to leave. If you need somebody, just agree with me for this. I need it to shift. Things happen at the altar. People are healed, delivered, and set free. It happens every week. If you need prayer today, don't leave because they're ready to pray for you. Can I bless you? 
in the name of Jesus Christ, I bless you. I pray that the love of the Father, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the intimate fellowship of the Holy Ghost would be with you all now and always. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you.